Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry, and joining me virtually from Hedgesville, West Virginia. We're going to see his rich counterpart tomorrow night in the Super Bowl. The poor man's Tony Romo. I'm introducing you that, as that for as long as we do this thing. Mr. Darren Strisberry <laughs> Jr. Darren, how are you today? I'm doing all right. Not too many complaints. I will take that. Uh, so let's jump right in here. Uh, we talked yesterday that uh, Jamila Dye had left West Virginia for the defensive backs job at Georgia. And it appears there's a new co-defensive coordinator in town. It's not official yet, but it appears they have hired or are going to hire Shadon Brown as the defense, as a co-defensive coordinator. Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports uh, told Sports Illustrated that. Uh, this, he, came, he comes from WVU, assuming this deal actually is signed, as Louisville's safeties coach. And he, of note, he also coached at Neil Brown's alma mater in high school, Boyle County High School in Kentucky, in 2007. So he probably knows a thing or two about it. Uh, this kid, uh, I, why do I keep calling him a kid? I don't know how old he is. Uh, <laughs> he, he coached at, for Mike McIntyre at Colorado uh, from 2017 to 18. He was a safeties coach uh, before being promoted to defensive passing game coordinator. And during his two seasons at Colorado, they, they had the, one of the best secondaries in the country, excuse me, the Pac-12, which isn't really saying all that much. Uh, as the Pac-12 is awful. Uh, at 56.7% of passes were just con- 56.7% of passes were completed. So he, he obviously knows what he's doing. If you make Colorado out to be a halfway decent team, and well, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to, to make fun of them, but the coach got. Head coach got fired for a reason, guys. Okay. Head coach got fired for a reason. Yep. So, I'm not saying he won't do well, but this is an interesting hire to me. Yeah, I honestly, until you mentioned it, I didn't have any idea that they even had an update on, on that. So, uh, I mean, you know, at this point, I'm just like, all right, I'll I'll take it. At least they replace someone. Or they found a replacement quickly and. I'd have to imagine he – if they did it so quickly, I have to imagine that Neil Brown has been sitting there going, I know who, who would fit the bill if, uh, if you know, needed. So I have to imagine he's had him in the back of his mind at some point for, for quite a while. Right, and here's the thing. If there was ever going to be someone that has this planned out, it's Neil Brown. I mean, when have we not seen the man just – when have we not seen him plan stuff out to the nth degree? Mm-hmm. He is the guy that has a plan. Unlike a certain balding coach in Houston, whose yeah. own son is no longer on the team. Let, let's just laugh at that, okay? I don't remember <laughs> another time when a coach's son did not want to play for said coach. <laughs> I don't even remember it. <laughs> I mean, this this kid's been so damn back and forth with who he what school he wanted to be at like i swear he switched high schools like three times when he in morgantown and, and there's then, only two schools and, then, and there's only two schools and then he switched commitments like three or four times um to what was it like bowling green state and then something else and, yeah like bowling green and like western or like north texas and then back to wvu and it's like dude pick one yeah and then and then of course uh the you know leaving for Houston thing, and I didn't even know that he was on the Houston roster. Uh, so 
I mean, not, not that I paid any attention to them afterwards, but still, it's, it's these things show up quite regularly. And I stumbled upon the the article with him leaving Houston. I'm like, when did he ever go? Yeah, like, like okay. And, and that goes back to a discussion in the past. If you're a coach and this kid's bouncing back between 17 different colleges, do you really want him on your team? Because do you really think he's committed? Did, did, apparently did, he's not. No, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. If your dad's a head coach – and he he knows his dad's a head coach unless he's just oblivious to the whole situation. Uh, and like, what are you doing here, Dad? I'm kind of your coach. Really? Huh? I didn't know that. Uh, but if you know your dad's a head coach and you've seen him agonize over recruits, you should know what kind of a pain in the rear end you're being to these guys and stop being that. Exactly. Unless he didn't bring it home, which I feel like Dana brought that stuff home. I don't think he can compartmentalize. I think Neil Brown can. Like, I think when Neil Brown leaves the stadium and goes home to his wife and kids, he becomes dad. I genuinely believe that. But I don't think Dana did. I think Dana was trying to coach all the time, and he wasn't that good at it. (laughs) I mean, am I wrong? If you were... WVU might have had a couple Big 12 titles under their belt. Right. right. They arguably should, but we won't get there. So it's just, <laughs> it's, it's a really interesting thing to think about. Of course, the same thing that goes to the Patriots and anyone. You come to Morgantown, you get our full support until the day you leave. And if you leave on good terms, you get it for the rest of your life. If you don't leave on good terms, Dana, you're dead to us. Pretty much, yep. So before we get into the basketball gauntlet that is the next six games, let's talk about West Virginia basketball over the last two games. Uh, A rather pathetic loss to a good Florida team and scraping by an Iowa State team that had two wins prior to this and only had seven players available, I believe. A four-point win in Ames, which ordinarily a four-point win at Hilton Coliseum is good. A four-point win against that Iowa State team in in that way, not good. Especially when, if I remember correctly, they had close to, what, 19 point, 17, 17, 18, 19 point uh, deficit, uh, not deficit, they uh, a spread yeah. at one right. point. Where, yeah. And they just kind of let it dwindle as it seems to be the weird case with WVU. Uh, they're very good at, at letting, whether it's them doing it or cause, you know, or, or being on the receiving end of it, uh, just big leads dwindle. Big leads are a part of West Virginia games this season, and you don't know which way it's going to go. Yeah. Which is what scares me about Kansas. Uh, But, yeah, it felt like at times during that Florida game, they were going to run away and hide. Like, they just could run away with that game, and then they just did. It really felt like – now, granted – Florida played a lot better in the second half than they did the first half. They shut down Derek Culver, and that helped a lot because Deuce McBride had, like, the worst game of his career. But one of the worst games of his career. I had the worst game, his worst game of the season at an inopportune time. But I said, it one, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. If you gave me the win against Iowa State or the win against Florida, I want the win against Iowa State because I feel more about the league than I do, the, than I do non-conference. Because mm-hmm. I want that higher seed in the Big 12, uh, the Big 12 tournament. I want yep. an easy draw. And last I saw, and as last I saw, yes, I think it was yesterday. 
or the two days ago, I don't know, based on the standings, WVU sitting at number two. I don't understand how that all works, but apparently they're sitting at number two in the I, T12. I will very much take that. Yeah. It's like that also might have been before certain games went on. I don't know. But at the time of that tweet that I saw, WVU basketball tweet, WVU was number two behind Baylor. Uh, let's see. B12 basketball standings. Uh, uh, I put rankings instead of standings. What am I thinking? Uh, okay, West Virginia is currently tied with Texas for number two in the league. Wait, what? Yeah, that's, is, wait. How, I don't know. I don't understand how any of that works because you have Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, and Kansas being at six and four. But I guess that because that's a greater yeah a greater win percentage. It's also <laughs> they have one more loss, so even if yeah. it goes by loss column, basically. Yeah, it's very it's very interesting. Also, um, here's what's interesting: Baylor had Baylor has COVID in the program. Uh oh, had to shut things down for two for about for a few games. Uh oh. Uh huh. I think their first game back will actually be against West Virginia, which should scare the living daylights out of everyone. Uh, because they're going to be motivated and rested. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, here, here, here's how it goes. For West Virginia coming up. This is a gauntlet. Today against Kansas. At Texas Tech on Tuesday night. Saturday you get Oklahoma in Morgantown. Then you get the Texas road trip. Rodeo style. Uh, at uh, Baylor at home. Then you go to Tech. Then you go back to Baylor. Go to, te- go to Texas. And then you go to TCU. And I don't remember ever seeing this. The Texas game. In basketball. Is going to be on ABC. Hmm. When do they put basketball games on ABC? College basketball is almost exclusively an ESPN thing. Now, granted, ESPN, ABC, same company, but it's like that's football. That's not basketball. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, it's almost as weird as our game being on CBS today. <laughs> But CBS has a history of covering college basketball. I don't remember seeing a basketball game on ABC, a college basketball game on ABC in a long time. <sighs> well, someone must – you know what it is? Someone looked at the spring football schedule and they're like, hey, West Virginia, Texas. And they're like, well, this is basketball. Too late. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Oh boy, uh, yeah. This we can get to that a little bit later, but yeah, this this is going to be an interesting. This is when we're going to find out what this team is made of between now and I'm just going to send it through the Texas rodeo. Actually, I'm going to go to the end of the season, the rest of the month. The season ends 27th. Uh, actually, no, it ends the first week of March. We have those two games against Oklahoma State and the TCU have to make up. But the rest of this month, we're going to find out what this team is made of. Mm-hmm. If they come out of it three and three, or oh, well, wait, that was six games, right? Yep. If they come out of that three and three, I'll be satisfied, honestly. Yeah, uh, I will be too. Uh, we're excluding TCU, but going from now through that Texas game, if they get out of this mm-hmm. thing three and three, I'll be happy with that. And that would put them at, if they do that, that would put them with a record of uh, 15 and eight, and it would put them at eight and six in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Not ideal, but I can live with that. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the professional football ranks. We're going to preview the big game in a little bit, but there was a big trade that went down last weekend 
Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford and a bunch of other stuff that no one really cares about. Uh, so we'll just go with the the big quarterbacks. The big the big the reason this trade broke head broke ESPN. Uh, what did you make of it? I when I saw that the trade happened, I was like, okay, Jared Goff would. Matthew Stafford, and then I saw what else was coming out of it. L.A. gave up two first-round picks a th- and a third-round pick, as well as Jared Goff, to get Matthew Stafford. Um, I, I honestly have no idea what they were thinking, giving up that many picks. But now, that's again, no disrespect to Matt Stafford. I mean, he's been a, extremely consistent, and he's definitely worth something, but my my brain just cannot get I can't wrap my head around the fact that they gave up two first round picks and a third round pick for a quarterback that well of course granted again he's with a team that also hasn't won a playoff game I don't believe since he's been in his in the league they haven't won a playoff game since like the 60s that yeah so I'm just like wow uh, and, and then to get to give up Jared Goff in the process obviously you're not going to keep Jared Goff if you're going out trying to get Matt Stafford but what in the world happened there where Sean McVay and Co were like, Yeah, we don't really we don't really want Jared Goff anymore. Like was there some kind there had to be some kind of weird relationship thing happen that we weren't aware of, or they just lost faith in him and I think that's what it was. Him quickly. I think they lost faith in him. The last Lions playoff win was nineteen ninety one. My goodness. I mean, quite literally, the winner of this trade is Matt Stafford. Because he's going to a Quite brilliant coach in Sean McVay. Yeah, Sean McVay. And Jared Goff's going to the. Yeah, and Sean and 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 Jared Goff is going to the Detroit Lions, who pretty much just cleaned house and hired a coach that spoke gibberish at his press conference. Yeah, so Jared Goff. uh, uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Commiserations, my Uh, friend. Like if there, if you had anything left in your career, and I had, you know, you're young, you quite definitely did. Um, it ain't getting anywhere right nope. now. Uh, so, so, uh, uh, somehow get out of there. <laughs> Demand a trade, like you just traded for me. Get rid of me. <laughs> so get give with me. Uh, but Matthew Stafford, on the other hand, he, if Sean McVay and Co. get that team squared back, you know, to Super Bowl form, uh, they kind of were then- this year with golf. Yeah. They just then, um, yeah. Then, uh, I, Matt Stafford might be looking at, and and then might be looking at a, a Super Bowl wing soon. I if they the get back. <laughs> I, I told you how I feel about Matt Stafford now. I I got infuriated with him when he said anyone for the Patriots. I'm like, I'm sorry. Your the Patriots have been in the have missed the playoffs more times than your team has won a playoff game since 1991. Okay, I'm sorry. The, the the Patriots missed the playoffs in 2002, 2008, and 2020. How many playoff games has Matt Stafford, has Matt Stafford played in? Two. We've missed the playoffs more times than you've actually played in them. You have no right to go in there and saying no Patriots. I don't care if you hate Patricia's guts or not. I don't care. I Really, I'm sorry. Yes, I think they'll win in L.A. I think Sean McVay is an offensive genius, and I love how he leads his team. But come on, man. Who, who the hell are you to go saying, I don't want to play for the Patriots? Well, obviously you don't want to win then. I mean, I'm sorry, but no. 
I, I'm tired of this Patriot disrespect. Because and this is what I fear Brady doing tomorrow night will end up doing. I fear if the Bucks win, the the Patriots' entire reputation will fall completely apart in the in the eyes of the league. Because what happens? Recency bias swings everything. So if Brady goes on and wins it, and the Patriots slump to seven and nine and couldn't score an offensive touchdown the last four weeks of the season, everyone looks at it like, well, Brady was the entire system. Well, that's not true. The Patriots' defense, particularly in, in the first part of the dy- look. The Patriots dynasty is two, is three separate parts. The first three, when it was defense, 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 we score enough to win. Then you had the powerful offenses, and what happened there? They didn't win a single ring. When the defense mm-hmm. started getting good, started getting good again, they won three out of six. Yep. So don't I mean, tell me that Brady was the entire reason they won. The seventeen and zero Patriots, the sixteen and zero Patriots had Randy Moss, had Randy Moss, Wes Welker, and they couldn't get a ring. Okay, nope. and the defense is pretty good too. The offense was the big story that year. Don't Brady had the record for most touchdown passes in a single season, and he must have the record for most touchdown catches in a single season. And they didn't win a ring. The defense let them down when they needed it most. Don't tell me that Brady being, uh, don't tell me Brady going to a team that's loaded in Tampa and it was loaded before he got there is making him the best. Is making him better in the organization because you're wrong. Don't tell me that Brady is the Patriot way, like Amendola said, because, again, I'm going to say to Danny Amendola, if you're listening, you're wrong, buddy. You were wrong. You were there. You ought to know how this thing works. And I'm not saying that as a Patriot fan. It's coming off as that, but I'm not. I'm, coming, I'm saying that as someone who was looking at this with some reasonable mindset. Recency bias is powerful. And Brady going to the Super Bowl means a heck of a lot in people's eyes. We forget what the last 20 years have taught us. Mm-hmm. Look at the actual facts, and you'll come, together with, you'll come away with an actual uh, uh, educated response instead of throwing up something that might yeah. get clicks. I mean, I, I literally, I have, this, I have a routine I've found myself falling into every single year come Super Bowl time, is that I will rewatch the highlights of the, re, the, the Patriot Super Bowls. Every single year, I will watch the highlights of them and see what made these games, you know, what won these games. And every time it ends, any time the Patriots have won, except for um, the, uh, you know, the end or in Super Bowl 51 where James White won, uh, ran it in to win, it has ended with a Patriot essentially causing a turnover and sealing the victory. Malcolm Butler, Stephon Gilmore, um, uh, oh my goodness, I'm I, I, uh, so many players to forget. Um you know. Jason McCourty. Yes. Had that big play uh, on the back when he caught up and ran like 15 yards in the back of the yes, end zone. Uh, to stop Brandon Cookie. Cooks. Yeah. Yep. Um, that wasn't still the win, but it was an important Teddy, play. Uh, you know, Teddy Bruschke making a big interception in, I think it was Super Bowl 39. And then uh, to end that, it was to end Super Bowl 39 and seal the deal. It was, uh, oh, I think his number was 39. Uh, I can't remember his name now. Rodney but, Harrison. Uh, that might, yep, that might. That might have been it. But point is, all of those Super Bowls had quite a few defensive turnovers or, you know, defense, uh, defensive plays sealing the deal. And those early ones, especially Brady. Now, I'm not going to say Brady was garbage, of course. That's not fair. But Brady was Brady threw two interceptions, I think, in Super Bowl in Super Bowl 36. To, and then um, but the defense was back and forth causing, you know, turnovers as well and kind of saving their butts. 
Right. And, and let's not forget, they played the greatest show on turf in Super Bowl 36, and they shut them down. Yep. They mm-hmm. gave Brady a chance. Yep. Oh, and let's not also, let's not also forget, too, that the reason the Patriots got to Super Bowl 36 is because Brady got injured and Drew Bledsoe saved their rear ends in uh, in in the um, in the AFC Championship game against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Worth pointing out, Brady had no picks in Super Bowl 36. Oh, okay, maybe it was Super Bowl 38. I was thinking he was of 16 it. of 27 for 145 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Yeah, does that tell you what you need to know? Because <laughs> I know in 39 and like Super Bowl 39, they uh, they had a lot of well, granted, 75 yards uh, with Corey Dillon isn't a, isn't crazy, but he was a workhorse on that and kind of solidified a lot of the offensive game that that day. Um, and again, that was also kind of a back and forth interception. Thing. I think Donovan McNabb threw two or three interceptions that that day, probably. But uh... um. But yeah, there was like I like to I like to watch those and realize like how much the defense really mattered during all of those games, uh, it, especially when it mattered the most. You know, without Dante Hightower making that big play in Super Bowl Fifty One, we wouldn't be talking about Super Bowl Fifty One being a Patriots victory. We wouldn't. That that started the that started the comeback. Right. Oh, and let's not. And without that, too. oh, go ahead. So yeah, without that, you probably don't even have a chance to get the Edelman catch. Right. You don't. Everything had to go according to plan perfectly. They had to pick off Matt Ryan the right time, had to get the stops when needed, trying to get an onside kick. It had to be perfect to make that comeback, and it was. So let's not look at it and say, oh, because Brady was there. Yes, he is the mainstay. Sure, I'll give you that. But it, to say it was his doing entirely, mm. I'm sure there's a lot of defenders on that team that would be really disrespected about that. Mm-hmm. And they I mean, you definitely can't take you definitely can't take away from the fact that at the po- at that time, now it's since been passed. You know, Brady set the record for like most completions and most passing yards and all that stuff in the game. But at the same time, those opportunities were given to him because the defense stood their ground and gave them that opportunity to to come back. If had they not stood their ground, you again would not have gotten back a twenty five point deficit and scored thirty one straight to win the game in overtime. Right. It just wouldn't happen. Yeah. No. Yes, you need offense to score points, but you also need defense to, well, they can score points, and stop the other team from scoring points. <laughs> Ask the 49ers what happened last year. They got up big on the Chiefs, and the defense imploded. Mm-hmm. Ask, the same, ask Kyle Shanahan what he thinks about defenses imploding in the Super Bowl. He's seen it twice. He loves it. He's seen yep. it with Atlanta when he was the offensive coordinator, and then with the 49ers two years later. Don't tell me that this isn't important. Because I will laugh in your face and tell you that it is. <laughs> and here's the thing. Let's look at this, too. This leads me right into our preview of the game. The Bucks defense has really played well the last few weeks. They've smothered teams when they need to. If mm-hmm. that doesn't happen, this offense is not as good as you think it is. And this offense is not good enough, I don't think, to get into a track meet, they have to have their defense stand pat. Yeah, I mean, the if the defense doesn't help them out even in the slightest, if they they falter at the at the wrong moment, uh, this is this is probably a cliche statement, but Mahomes and Co will run all over them. Run, throw, they will be dropping bombs all over this defense. If they, they saw if it they earlier falter. in the year, mm-hmm. 
If they falter, it's over. Tyreek Hill had 212 yards catching in the first quarter. Yeah. I mean... If you can't figure out how to stop Tyreek Hill, you've got problems because that dude is... There's, he's insanely quick and he's insanely talented. If you left him unchecked, he's making you pay for it. And if, if you don't you have do, a plan for him, he's making you pay for it. And if you do check him, they've got Travis Kelsey and Miko Hartman and Sammy Watkins. And yeah. by that, what's hilarious? Yeah. Le'Veon Bell and Patrick Mahomes can run himself. Yep. And, and let's Damian also. Williams. Well, you mentioned Kelsey simply because of the fact that I, this is something I didn't think we'd ever see. Essentially, now Gronk probably won't be used into the capacity as he used to have been, but he might still see something. It's Gronk versus Kelsey in a Super Bowl. <laughs> Effectively, and uh, you know, the, the most we'd ever get in the past was them two in an AFC title game. So I'm like, this is this is also interesting, you know? Did, did you <laughs> did you realize that Gronk and Kelsey are both the same age? Yes, I did not realize that until like two weeks ago. And then you look at it, and you're like, and and then you're seeing if I'm now I haven't looked at the the um comparative stats uh, for a while, but. Even with that, and like, you know, Gronk missed effectively, you know, a third of his career to this point, plus last year in retirement, and probably still is statistically better than Kelsey. It, he is, but <laughs> but here's the thing. Who, who, who you buy in long-term stock in? Kelsey. You're not buying it in Gronk because Gronk probably won't play next year. Yeah, this I have is, no idea what's going is, on. I, I genuinely believe this is Gronk's last game. I if think, it is, so then you know again, Sayonara, It's been fun watching you, just like last time. Yeah, well, it hasn't been so fun this year, but it was That's not not so much this year. But yeah. it's been fun to laugh at you this year, if only as having yeah. seven catches. Then you've had that in like the it's first like, half, I, some games. It's like I would be lying though if I like. It, I was. I'd be lying in in the sense that. It, if I said I wasn't excited to ever known him to come back, like I was obviously disappointed in the instance in the uh, the scenario that caused him to come back, um, and not be a Patriot, but at the same time, going like, oh yeah, I mean he pretty much is on record saying he only ever catch passes from Tom Brady, um, but so, then you know coming back and then doing that, but only uh, albeit a few times, uh, I'm just like, oh yeah, that, it's still fun to have him back in the league, but at the same time, you're like, I wish it was. The capacity that it used to be, where he was the you know the dominant guy, and still throwing people off. But now you know he's doing his job in other in other ways. You know, blocking is important for tight ends, and he's always been pretty good at that too. So uh, they used him the way they needed him. But I still wish if he you know I still wish that would have been more in the let's just see him catch more touchdown passes because it's always fun seeing him celebrate after a touchdown pass. I don't care who you are; it's fun to watch. What I don't get is this. I, I don't get it. Uh, the they, they already had two really good tight ends uh, in in that team. They had uh, Cameron Brait is a good tight end. Mm-hmm. And didn't they have... Uh, I think, didn't Brait do most of the damage uh, against the Packers? I mean, heck, I think he did most of the damage this postseason, but... Yeah, and they had... I, I remember his... They had O.J. Howard, too. Yeah, O.J. Howard. Because the Patriots were trying to trade for him when Gronk retired and the Bucks stood pat. Uh, so I, I don't know if O.J. Howard is like injured or whatever, but uh, let's see. Ah, injured reserve Achilles tendon. Mm. 
That'll do it. So before the season, you had Cameron Braid, who's played pretty well over his career, and then O.J. Howard. Did you really need a third tight end of Gronk's caliber? I I I I understand why I get it, but at the same time, I was like, was that really necessary? Could you have gone out and done something else? Now, again, it's worked out for them. They got to the Super Bowl. But, you know, it's like, what, did you it's really like, need that? Yeah, it's like whether it was because of Gronk's presence, it's probably minimal at best. Right. I mean, like I said, he's had seven catches, and if he's blocking, so be it. They don't. The Bucks literally set the record for the fewest rushing attempts in, a, in the NFL history this season. Five. Against the Saints. Now, granted, they got down big for the Saints and had to had to throw their way back into it, but I mean, they never did. Uh, but it's like you know, they're not running all that often. So yeah, I, I I don't want them to win for numerous reasons. I just that a disdain for Tom Brady that is kind of fun to have. Honestly, it's kind of weird. See, here's the thing: when Gronk catches a pass. <laughs> And it's like Brady to Gronkowski. You're so used to cheering for that that you can't help but get like a small grin on your face. You have to remember you hate these guys. And it's like, I can't have that. But I'm like, damn it. I sat there and watched that for 10 years and I loved it. Yeah. It's really weird. Wow. What? Oh, I'm just looking at the comparative Gronk versus Kelsey stats. So, oh, Kelsey's only been in the league since what, 13? Yeah. Ah. For some reason that they've been in the league at the same time. I mean, they're yep. the same age, but they just haven't been in the league at the same time. But Thank you, I decided college. to look at the I decided to look at the stats uh, uh, comparatively. So Gronk's played in 131 games regular season and 19 oh 150 games total. Uh, and, in, and then that'll be 151, I guess, tomorrow. He has a total of 98 touchdown receptions between uh, regular season and postseason, and 9600 over over 9600 yards receiving. Wow. Kelsey is sitting at um, 8600 yards, approximately 8700 yards, approximately, and 50 touchdowns. For how many games? In his uh, 111 games played. Okay, so he's 40 games behind thereabouts. Uh... 39. Oh, sorry. Uh, including postseason, he's 122 games played. Okay. My bad. That's still pretty good. Both of them are excellent. Yeah. And Kelsey took off when Mahomes stepped in the, stepped in the building. Yeah, I mean, he quite literally had his best uh, uh, year uh, this year in yards and touchdown catches. Um and receptions. So he had 105 receptions, 1,416 uh, yards, average of 13 and a half, um, and 11 touchdowns. Literally his best year of his career. Um, and uh, ooh, and I think he became the first tight end to have five straight 1,000-yard-plus reception. Uh, I believe. 1,000-yard uh, plus seasons as a tight end. So I believe that's it, yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's – I would be. I absolutely cannot say he's not impressive and he's not an asset to the team and everything like that. He's, but at the same time, I'm like, I, I, I will always favor Gronk over Kelsey, <laughs> despite Gronk's uh, uh, health issues. I, I will. I've said it once and I will say it again. The Kansas City Chiefs are like facing a U-boat wolf pack. They will get you. It's just a matter of when and how. Yep. They will surround you, 
and they will sink you. Mm-hmm. It's just a given fact. So we don't, I don't want to go into picks because I just I don't I don't really want to jinx it. Uh, but I will ask you for your key to the game. What's the key to the Super Bowl? It's tough. I mean, I think overall, I, I think it's figuring out how to, to attack all of the weapons that the, the Chiefs have offensively. That I think the key is the matchup between the, de- the, the Chiefs offense and the Bucks defense. How do the Bucks respond to Tyreek Hill and how do they prevent him from having 200 yards in a quarter? Like they did, like they, yeah, he did last time. I think those are the big, those are the big keys. And then, you know, how do you contain Pat Mahomes? The answer is you don't. That that's re- that's the real answer. But how do you try? <laughs> I, I'm with you there. I I think I'm going to go to a more micro level than that, but it's still the same side of the ball. The Bucks secondary against the Chiefs. I I think their defensive line can have some success with Eric Fisher. The uh, great Chiefs offensive lineman out for the game with the torn Achilles, and I don't know enough about the Bucks linebacking core to really make a judgment on them. But the Bucks mm-hmm. secondary has been kind of banged up recently, and I don't know how healthy they've gotten between now and the last in the NFC Championship game. So if they are banged up and they have to put guys in who haven't played a whole lot this season, and you're going up against that group of weapons. It could be a long night. Yeah. yeah I, I, I will also give you another key here, too. The Chiefs are comeback artists. Do not let them get up. If they get up, kiss a goodbye. Mm-hmm. If you win the coin toss, give me the damn ball. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to play – you really quite literally have to play on the offensive against these guys. You, you can't give them any opportunity to get a heads up on you. And, uh, I mean, as we saw in the postseason last year where they, they came from behind double digits in every single postseason game, you, you have to get yourself a buffer on them, and it has to be a big one. And even then, you've still got to be playing with your back against the wall because they're probably coming back. Right, and here's the thing. I heard a commentary on the, on the AS championship game on, uh, this week. Was talking about how the Bills got up nine nothing in that game, and you never thought for a second the Chiefs weren't winning it. Right? Yep. It's like you, this game is over. I don't care what the score is; it's over. Chiefs are winning the game, and what they do won the game. So exactly, I, I th- this is going to be a very interesting game. Everyone's salivating over the over the Mahomes Brady matchup, rightfully so. I'm swinging one way because I hate them at twelve now, uh, which it's kind of it's weird. For years, I defended him, and now I get to join everyone else and hating him. It's kind of fun. I know what they did it now. <laughs> uh, but it, it's, it's really kind of – this will be a very interesting game, and it really will be one where it could go either way, and that's what it should be. But I, the, thing about, the thing about this game is we have a two-week break between it. We have so much time to dissect it. You know, you kind of wonder if – this is what is interesting here. The Chiefs basically all have done this before. The Bucks, only Brady and Gronk really have success in this game. Arians never yeah. coached in the Super Bowl as a head coach. Mm-hmm. So you kind of wonder, you know, does Brady's experience rub off on them? Or does this Bucks team, as I've been here before, 
that they kind of seize up and don't really play as well as they as they should. The guys are trying to figure yeah. out this atmosphere, even though they're playing at home. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because um, I mean, as we've seen, Brady has a way of firing up just about anybody. Um, so I'd have to imagine that's going to play into something, but I, I feel, yeah, it, it kind of is a matter of does that combined experience between those two guys. And I can't think of a single other player on that team that has even set foot in a, in a Super Bowl that, except for maybe going to watch it, um, that does that, can that outweigh those jitters? And if it does, then it'll certainly help them. But if, if, if they, those jitters stick with them, then, you know, you're just letting a team that doesn't let anything get in their way uh, just power, power through you. They're going to do that either way. But if you if you sit there and let those butterflies stay for any longer than that first drive, uh, again, we're coming right back to you're probably going to get a giant chunk bitten out of you quickly. Right. There, there is uh, one – go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I, I had a thought and then I kind of lost it before nah. I – that's okay. Well, here there is something we need to talk about beside the actual game. I heard this topic the other day. I'm going to ask you a real deep question. Well, kind of a deep question. Oh, boy. Did you think we'd get here? Did you think we'd play the Super Bowl on time? When, when, this, when, we, were looking, when we started this podcast around the draft and the schedule came out after that, did you think we'd get here to the Super Bowl on time? I want to say, personally, no. Realistically, did I think the NFL was going to let it not happen on time? Also, no. Like they were, they were not going to let anything get in their way to to let it happen or not happen this weekend. Do do I think that things probably should have caused that to happen? Absolutely. And did I think that the entire time? Absolutely. But in back of my head, I knew the NFL wasn't going to ever let that happen. Saying, no matter what, I'm with you. I, I, basically what you said. I mean, I, I was kind of like, yeah, they have a, a plan to move the Super Bowl back, but like, they're not going to do that. And the fact that they were moving games to Tuesday and Wednesday told you what they didn't want to create an extra week, which means they wanted to play this thing on time. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really care how they got there. But you know what? Give them credit. They got there. Presuming all COVID tests come back negative today, they're going to play a big football game tomorrow at, tomorrow night at 6.30. And yep. uh, they deserve credit for that. As much as we don't like how the NFL leadership has handled things just in general, the last several years under the reign of Roger Goodell, they deserve credit for this. And every player and every coach and everyone in regional organizations deserves some form of credit for this, even if you're not playing in the game. I agree. All right. So there's our preview of the big game. Uh, yes, I'm saying that for uh, for reasons that I, if you know anything about the NFL, you know exactly why I'm saying that. Uh, speaking of games, we got some big news surrounding a game this week. You want to break that to the people? Again? Big news. What? Sorry. The college football. Cut out for a second. Uh, the college football. Oh, yes. Out. You oh, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. we, 
I think if you listen real closely sometime on Tuesday morning, you probably heard you probably heard a big noise. It was college football and gamers everywhere collectively rejoicing over a new game being announced. Yes. Uh, the first thing, as soon as you said that, I had to make my own confirmation, and then I immediately sent the information to my father unit. Um, it was uh, – uh, I'm sitting there going, you know what? It'll be a couple years, and I will almost certainly have to buy a next-gen console strictly to play this game. Um, but you know what? we got a couple years to save, so right. let's get going. Right. Hey, at my uh, point exactly. I, I long for the day that I can play a virtual Mountaineer again. <laughs> And it's, it's going to be much sooner than I ever expected at this point. And WVU basically confirmed they're going to be in the game. Yes. Yes, they did. I actually played NCAA 08 yesterday. And uh, I forgot how fun it was. <laughs> I really did. I haven't played it since like July. And I'm like, damn, I missed this game. One that I want to track down again is um, NCAA 11, the one with Tim Tebow on the front. Because the Road to Glory mode was actually probably the best that it had ever been. And I think that might even have been the first year where they had Road to Glory. Um, but it was the best iteration of Road to Glory, in my opinion. I actually uh, have that game. I, I think I have it somewhere. I, I can't remember if, if Michael's got it or... I, if, he do, if, if I do have it still, Michael would have it in the pile of games um, yeah. that he has p- packed away at our uh, grandparents, I think. Assuming you don't have it or you just can't get to it, COVID safe when it becomes that, and you come back down for whatever reason, come to my house and we'll play up the Xbox and we'll play. Heck yeah. We'll just make that, we'll make that a whole Crewberries video. Nice. But yeah, I, I, you told the story in the earlier iteration of this podcast last uh, summer about how your dad would always buy the new game and give you the older one. Yep. Is it me or did that game coming out almost kind of simu- uh, be the symbolic honorary start to the season? Yeah, I think so. And like, it also the thought also occurred to me as you're mentioning that, like when I sent that information to Dad, I thought, and I did, I, I thought to mention it to him as a joke. I was like, Dad, now you don't have to give me the old uh, next uh, last year's old game. I can <laughs> buy it myself. Yeah, big kid now. <laughs> and then now you know it'll be even fun, uh, even more fun because. Um, we can, you know, play online against each other. <laughs> Assuming it's cross-platform. Well, uh, we both have Xbox, have Xboxes, so... Um, but if it is, happens to be on PC, oh, you've well, got a point. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Oh, I'm, th- oh, I'm thinking about you and me. Never mind. My oh, yeah, 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 that's also true. Now, My that's bad. also another good point, because with so many games becoming cross-platform, maybe we'll get lucky in that those things will start pushing. Um, I, I feel like they should be starting if, to push a lot of these because the sports if, games, everyone wants to play against each other. If not, I had no say in us buying the PS4. If it comes down to a family decision again, I'm making a hard push. Okay, <laughs> I'm going over like, here like the like the MLB players union and like, uh, uh-uh, uh, nope, we're we're having we're negotiating this. Yeah, I mean, I will I will buy the absolute cheapest model, the Xbox One X. Uh, just to to play that game and nothing else because any of the other games that I want I will play on my computer with no problem because uh, I'm not big on exclusives but and I don't expect that they'll end up putting it on PC but if they do I will probably likely buy it on PC as well. <laughs> totally fair because I mean they do Madden on PC I don't understand why they couldn't why they can't do can't or won't do NCAA but we'll find out when the time comes right um, but I will I I will almost. 
and this is something that generally goes against my my standpoints with games. But if it ha- if it if it's not cross platform uh, by this point, who knows? I'm not saying it will, but if it is, that'd be awesome. If not, I I don't think I could be against the idea of buying again the cheapest version of the Xbox One X, buying that game strictly to play with a few friends, because you know why not? That that's playing with friends is something I don't get to do too often with sports games, and <laughs> I'll do it. If- and if only Madden was cross-platform, you'd not be playing, like, every day. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be like, hey, you bored? Yeah, okay, fire up the game. <laughs> man. And then, we, man, that'd be something if we could record that. Like, someone records the, uh, the screen records, and we just post that. And like, damn it, I lost again. <laughs> he threw for 8,500 yards in one quarter. He was playing with the homes. That wasn't fair. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right. And though, college games, I think more than most, are kind of built for a familial atmosphere, right? Like a friendship atmosphere. It's almost meant to play with your friends and discuss with your friends, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost meant for that. Now, granted, I never did because none of my friends actually had the same college football game that I that I did, uh, and or no one wanted to play with me. One of the two, uh, but I. I've actually I've never actually played an NCAA football game with a friend. Uh, I can't say that I have either. I think Brian played. Yeah, Brian played once, and I know no Brian played. I have two controls for the old PS two. I know because I could never run a kickback for a touchdown. Brian touched the controller once and ran a punt back touchdown. (laughs) I'm like, how did you how how did you do that? You never even played this game. You don't know how this works. The only thing I ever did with friends uh, in a fo- in sports games were so my one of my friends in high school uh, he lived right up the road from me and we he would always get the Madden games and at those point that point in the Madden games I think it was like uh, nine ten eleven uh, those those couple years of games you could also create your own teams in Madden and you could replace NFL teams so what we would always do is actually I think at that point the Bengals were some of the worst one of the worst teams um, so. Uh, are coming off of that year and we replaced them with our team that we made huh. and we would and we would play together he would be quarterback i'd be running back or vice versa i think i was no yeah one of the two and um and we would just play and we come up and i'd play and then you know we'd also play a bunch of other things like you know wwe and stuff like that but <laughs> um but yeah that that's one of the last i think it was like a 10, 11, 9, 10, 11, uh, in those years where you could uh, create your own teams in Madden and you, you know switch around the conferences and stuff. Do you remember our collaboration in Madden a few years ago? Uh, yeah, it was what, with Green Bay Packers, I think, and then... Chicago Bears. So oh, the Bears, play, yeah. You, you played, I was GM. Yeah. We should totally do that for the Crewberries channel. I mean, I've got, yeah. a, I've got a camera. You can record the game, and then when it goes to, um, like, what we're doing for the trading, I can act like I'm taking calls from someone like a G- uh, GM. <laughs> we should totally do that. We should totally do that. That'd be neat. That'd be neat. We're totally oh. doing it. It's official. We're doing it. I'm calling it. I'm not giving you a vote. We're doing it. GM overrides head coach. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be fun. It really will be. And, you know, this, 
I know people were like, what's the story going to be? If you listen, you're like, what's the story going to be? Unwoman, it's a video game. Don't care. We love games. And, uh, well, our entire... I get a feeling our new channel is going to be mostly video game stuff. I'm going to go out in the real world and do some things, too. But while it's blue cold outside, I'm not. So, games it is. Yeah. I literally want to go out and film airplanes. It's called plane spotting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, it's going to be 14 here. No. <laughs> it's like, no I you. will stay inside. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Coming from a guy who had to, a couple of years ago, remember when that polar vortex came through? Oh, the, yeah. I woke up that morning and, and that was, uh, I was, I taught cl- uh, lab at 8.30 in the morning. So I would hey, get up ooh. and walk down there and be there at like 8. At, I, it was like negative 2 just on the walk. And by the time I was done teaching the two classes, I was done about 12, 15. Um, they decided, oh yeah, now we're going to cancel classes. And I walked back in negative 20 degree weather. Yeah. <laughs> All so right. I have had my fair share of cold weather. Um, I, have I, I don't want it. I, no, thank you. No, I had to go to Chicago in a blizzard one time. It was right after my surgery. Yeah. And they really wanted to see me. As a, as a post-op checkup. Mm-hmm. So we had to, we literally turned on the weather channel and we saw Lakeshore Drive basically frozen. Cars were frozen in, in, in place. Snowed in. And we called, like, can we reschedule? No, it's really important you come up here. And we're like, okay, fine. So we got, we got the truck out and we drove up there. And here's how bad it was. We had to link those day the truck. We had to get over a snow bank just to get me into the actual place we were staying at. Jeez. And then my dad had to drive back to the parking garage of the hospital to park the truck at. And it was like a, a block and a half or so to the hospital from where we were staying. So we had to get out there and had to like waddle out there and try to and get in. And then of course when you get in the hospital, they keep it like 85, it feels like. So you're burning up the second <laughs> you walk in the door. It's like, get all these layers off now. <laughs> and it was awful. And I was fine. It's like I knew I was fine. I didn't need to tell you that. I you could listen to me. <laughs> oh well I told you I was fine. Uh but yeah, it, it was it's I like you I've had my experiences in the cold. I've had my experience in the cold in football. You ever notice when you're losing it feels a lot colder? Yes, I I have my fair share of experiences at Mountaineer games with that. It's like it's coming to the Oklahoma, one of the Oklahoma games. I think it was junior year um, when they came. I think it was junior year they came in and it got quite cold. And I was just sitting there going, "Oh, it was all right." Now we're losing, and now I'm even colder. Right? No, you're just piling up the the inju- uh, the insults. I uh, when I played soccer, well, I didn't play soccer. I was the I was the statistician. Uh, we we lost. Our team went undefeated that year, except for the sectional final game against Woodrow Wilson. We lost two nothing. I had seven layers on that game, <sighs> and I was still cold. We kicked off at like six o'clock at night, or five o'clock at night, or whatever, and it was already twenty. Goodness, just keep dropping as it got darker, and I'm just over there like I'm trying to keep warm. I'm dancing the Irish jig over here, trying to keep warm, <laughs> and my handwriting is not good anyway. And I'm like, "What's he even doing? I don't know anymore. I'm just trying to keep warm. We're losing. <laughs> I'm trying to keep warm. We won two di- two days earlier. We we beat Greenbrier eleven nothing. Same thing. Really cold. Didn't feel like it. You lose two nothing. Your first loss of the season. Only loss of the season. It gets cold. 
Yeah. It gets real cold real fast. And, uh, yeah, it, it was not good. It was not good at all. But, yeah, I mean, you're, it, it, yeah, it's, no thanks, I will stay inside and play video games all day. I will make myself like I'm back in high school or middle school and have a snow day. Exactly. <sighs> all right, that's our show for today. We're under an hour. That's genuinely shocking. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned uh, last week, we're going to try to get my uh, good friend Joey Ray to come back on the podcast. We're going to try for next week, considering I said after the Super Bowl, and he said that would be a good time. So I'm going to text him later on and say, is next week good? Uh, but I'm not going to promise anything because, well, things come up, obviously. Same things just happen. But we're going to try for next week with Joey. Uh, get into a little bit of other things. We'll start looking into our off-season program because the Super Bowl was, oh, you know what? I, I missed the topic today. Uh, we can get into this more next week, but I kind of want to touch on it this week. There's a, there's a football game next weekend. There's a college football game next weekend. Yep, spring football. It. It lessens the blow of the Super Bowl being over, doesn't it? Yeah. I love it. I love it. it I just got to say, if they keep up this, um, if they happen to decide this is the, the uh, format they want to stick with um, after this season, uh, I might have to find myself a spring football team to follow more closely. That was literally going to be one of the things I did next weekend was we all pick an FCS team for the season. Yep. <laughs> I have mine already, but I've been following them for a while now. So, uh, but yeah, uh, we should do that next week. We can pick our pick our FCS team to follow for the season. Uh, if, if I did notice, they've already loaded some of the Power Five uh, schedules into ESPN for next season. Hmm. There are FCS games in that, so that appears they're going to go spring to fall. They're going back to the fall. Hmm. Although I still maintain if you're looking for maximum exposure, spring is where you go. Yeah. I, I still maintain that. But you know what? Here's the thing. We've got football scheduled basically until early May. Because the FCS playoffs start like right around like right after the NCAA tournament ends with basketball. Mm-hmm. Think about that. We got – uh, the spring season from February till like mid early early mid April, and they got the FCS playoffs. We have football now through May, and then May is remember is when you start getting the preseason magazines coming out and you start looking at media days. Yep, we're gonna be like a year constantly with football. <laughs> this is awesome. Heck yeah, this is awesome. I I I love it. I love it. And I did announce. Uh, this week on my Coach Bears College Football that I'm not going to be doing the weekly write-ups because it would be a Herculean task to cover FCS, Division 2, and Division 3 for one person. Mm-hmm. So I get to be a fan. Just a fan that just, I'm bored, I want to watch a football game, turn on my phone. Yep. Nothing better. Nothing better. So we'll get into more of that next week as we look for McNeese and Tarleton State is the first FCS game of the spring season. And then the rest of the FCS, for the most part, those teams that didn't opt out, start the next week. So 
will be ready to go for that. <sighs> Until then, this has been Scientific Hook number 38. Super Bowl preview. Actually, big game preview for being cautious to the NFL. Uh, <laughs> for Darren, I'm Lucas. Thanks for listening. Darren, take us home. Adios, everybody. Enjoy your chicken wings. <laughs>